We Will Not Be Tamed, a Texas Parks and Wildlife Foundation podcast that encourages all Texans to get involved in conserving the wild things and wild places of our state. I'm Lydia Saldani with the Texas Parks and Wildlife Foundation, and we're sitting out here on the porch of Powderhorn Ranch. I've been fortunate to have a few conversations out here today, and we've got several members of the Stewards of the Wild with us. We've got Ola Bolahan, David Butler, Alfonso Graham, and then we have an observer, Roshana Carroll, and we're going to be talking about what we observed today, which has been pretty interesting. And David, why don't we start with you to kind of go over, why are we here today? Why are you here with this group? Well, I found out about the group through uh, Matthew, uh, the leader, and he, when he reached out to me, it was um, through something I had signed up for, and he asked me about, are there others that I could bring along? And so um, I reached out to some uh, friends that uh, I knew were interested, and we, we came out here because we were all, they were all folks that I knew were interested in hunting, um, and I knew that Matthew was trying to make a connection with uh, people of color, introducing to the outdoors. So uh, with all of us coming from that background, and I, and I reached out to some contacts that I knew that were, would definitely be interested. So, so Alfonso, why are you here today? I, I think um, to more or less uh, participate in uh, uh, um, conservation um, uh, in Texas um, and being a minority um, I feel like uh, we don't uh, represent a large enough uh, portion of Texas hunters and I feel sometimes as a minority um, we may often think that this sport uh, is a little bit out of our reach financially and um, it's more uh, for uh, people uh, more affluent than we are. Um, so this gives us an opportunity to, to show that uh, it's for everyone, all walks of life, uh, all financial backgrounds. Um, you don't have to be an expert hunter. You don't have to blow your entire uh, monthly salary on firearms to participate. There are programs like this mentor-mentee program that will afford us the opportunity to participate in uh, uh, conservation in Texas. Okay. And Ella, your perspective. So I guess when David reached out to us and just told us about the, this, this program, uh, he, I guess we, 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 we're new hunters, right? We'd never really done a lot of hunting, right? David and I just started down the path of hunting. I think Texas Parks and Wildlife a few years ago did a small program and helped with uh, an, another organization I'm a leader for Outdoor Afro they did a, a, a joint event to introduce us to dove hunting and that was our first intro you know and they did a, a, a class for us to teach us about firearms and they actually did some clay pigeon shooting and some interest for us who had never had a background or a history in hunting this was kind of the gateway right it was it was uh, I guess growing up, that was something that we definitely didn't do. I never even, I, I didn't know hunters, didn't know anything about hunting. And then as an adult, I didn't have even an idea of where to start, right? So it was, I had people who would work, who I work with, they'd go out to their lease blind ranch or something where they pay hundreds of, I don't even, it's like, how can I get even onto a ranch? Like I did, and they were like, oh, well, it's exclusive. You can't really, we can't really invite others. And it's like, okay, how, I don't even know how to even, like, okay, I guess it's not for me. But then when that partnership in that joint event with Outdoor Afro that 
came about, it was like, wow, okay. So it's a possibility. And that was a small entry into it. And when David came back, because him and I actually met through that event those years ago, but when he came back and, and um, said, okay, this is another opportunity to f learn more about hunting. And this year at the same, we'd also on our own through YouTube and other stuff tried to go down this path. Um, but he was, he, he told me this would be a hunt of a lifetime and some of the things we'd be doing. I was like, yeah, sign me up. Definitely. I'm, <laughs> I'm all in <laughs> whatever I need to do. Keep me posted. Who do I need to talk to? So, um, that's pretty much how I, how I came to be We're going to dive this. into a little more about outdoor Afro in just a minute, but Roshana, wh why are you here today? Well, I am one of five girls, um, in my family and, um, primarily my cousins are all males. Um, so generally we were in the house doing what they considered female activities, playing with our dolls or whatever the case may be. And we weren't ever really allowed, even when asked, to go fishing or hunting or doing anything like that. So we did have hunters in our family. We just really weren't introduced to it because of our gender. So um, I, when David brought the opportunity up, I said, well, let's see what I can do. Let's see if it's in me. I want to try it. I want to see. And like you said, I, I have been an observer and I've loved every part of it and just had an excellent experience and found out, hey, this is something I would really like to do going forward. So it's been an awesome, awesome weekend and just excellent people to um, ask questions and um, to see you know, all the kills and the big eyes and just seeing everything from start to finish has just been um, an amazing experience. Let, let's go over what you all did today. And Alfonso, tell me about your experience, you know, what your experience was with your mentor and what the result was. Well, at Tandem, our mentor, um, we uh, partnered up. We went out uh, fairly early this morning, well, what most people would consider early, 5.30. Uh, we pretty much sat in a blind and uh, waited for an opportunity for a uh, game to come up. Uh, we did see some axis deer, um, but we didn't have an opportunity to take any axis deer. Um, so, unfortunately, I didn't get to uh, take a shot uh, this morning. Um, I wasn't at all worried. You can hear, um, you know, other uh, mentees, you know, firing and then, you know, I'd hear uh, Tanner check his phone and he'd get a text message and there'd be a picture with it. Someone shot a, a sandbar, uh, someone shot a whitetail. So they were always updating each other as far as, you know, uh, how they were doing as far as the hunt went. Um, I got an opportunity to go back out later on in the afternoon, um, more safari style, and it happened so quickly. Um, we rode up, uh, ran, rode up on three sandbar, uh, made an attempt to take a shot. The sandbar took off before I got an opportunity to do so. Uh, got back inside the Ranger. Uh, 50 yards later, got to um, get a nice steady shot on a sandbar and I bagged the largest piece of wild game I've ever, ever, ever shot. And to say it was a, a hunt of a lifetime, I think is an understatement. You know, it's, you can't hunt these any other place. You know what I mean? And the, um, what it would cost something like this, it, it, it would be astronomical. It would be astronomical. Not something I think I would um, be able to uh, invest in if this was a, a, a 
privately owned mm -hmm. ranch, you know, one of those high game fence ranch uh, is not something I think I'd, I'd spend money on. Um, but uh, now that I uh, had the experience, I would certainly look into, um, you know, observing a, a hunt like this, like Roe did. Um, I learned a lot. I, I learned a lot. Just so what was that like for you when you took that shot and, and, you, and you got that animal? It was surreal. Um, you, and there's a little bit of competition that goes in it. Uh, David uh, went out earlier and uh, he uh, got a hog and one of the other girls um, shot a sandbar earlier also. Um, so you're always thinking, okay, I don't want to be the only person that doesn't get one. And then it goes from, I don't want to be the only person that doesn't get one to I need to have the largest uh, uh, deer or hog. Um, We're going to get to so. that part of the conversation. <laughs> so, so you're always trying to one-up everybody, but more so you get to appreciate um, what uh, uh, Texas Parks and Wildlife does. And was it, this your first? This wasn't your first hunt. No, I've I've been I've never been on a guided hunt before. I've hunted on small ranches before. Never anything this large. Uh, n n never uh, had an opportunity to see uh, so much exotic game. Um, so uh, it's a, a huge step up and it was done correctly. Um, so often you go out hunting and you may go hunting with a bunch of people you don't know and you don't feel safe. You know, you don't know that guy, you, you're not quite sure whether or not he's walking around with his firearm loaded, but at no point in time did I ever feel unsafe. Uh, I, I felt safe the entire time I was here. Um, my uh, mentor, Tanner, was very engaging. You know, we sat and talked, got to know each other. He's from Austin as well. You know, I found out what he does for a living. Um, he's really good at his job. And the fact that he volunteers and puts this much effort into volunteer work says a lot about what the program is bringing to the table. So this is a great opportunity. If anyone uh, is at all interested, I would suggest they look into it. This is an awesome opportunity that I don't think anyone should pass on. And the, the, the weirdest thing is the um, paradox that, you know, you can hunt and it still be a, um, an effort uh, in con conservation. You know, you just can't let these animals, um, you know, breed prolifically, run wild, but it's all managed so well that um, at no point do I ever feel like, you know, we're, um, you know, abusing the uh, wild game in Texas. So it's, it's an eye-opener to see that so much effort and the wealth of knowledge, the experts that were brought in, there's so much uh, time and experience involved and I can't even go into detail um, with the amount of uh, knowledge that was brought and explained to us, uh, the effort that goes into this, uh, it's a real eye-opener op eye to see how much effort is actually put into something people see as, oh, you're just going out there to go, you know, uh, shoot deer. I'm like, no, there's so much more to it than that. It's done so ethically and it's all planned out. It's something that everyone should experience. So Ola, tell me about your experience today. Yeah, so my experience, Probably started like 2 a.m. this morning. Maybe I, maybe I couldn't quite sleep because of the excitement of, of today's event. So I, I woke up before the sun, right? Um, super early. A lot of lot, just anticipation, uh, tossing and turning in anticipation. So about 4 o'clock in the morning, I was like, I was supposed to be meeting my mentor at 5. I was like, okay, 4 o'clock. I started getting my stuff out, put my stuff on. I'm like, okay, I'm ready. I'm ready. I got to use bathroom. Let me go get ready. Walking through. Um, Saw my mentor, he was up, he was in the bathroom too. It was like, okay, we're ready. So five o'clock rolls around, we, we get the grab and go. We, I'm like, okay, where do I go, where do I go? Looking at my mentor, he's, 
my mentor is Marshall. Sorry, yeah, Marshall basically. Um, so he was he was like, okay, we got to get the the seats. And he was first off, he was he was calm and cool. You know, you could definitely tell he's not a new hat. He's an old hat at this, uh, but he was calm and cool. He was like, yeah, I think we we're gonna get these chairs. Here's the gun. I got the gun. I got the everything we need. Our bags, and we were assigned to a mule in a position. Uh, I think we drawed for for a position. Uh, blind position and so we got in the, the mule and we went out to site four right so we get out there and set up in the blind and you know it's it's cold it's <laughs> but it's it's awesome and in anticipation sun comes up we can finally see we're like counting okay this is the earliest sh shot time right six I think it was like 630 something right but he had it all planned out and so we're waiting and we're waiting and um and we didn't find anything so after about eight o'clock eight thirty, we ended up taking a stroll walking around kind of you know stretching our legs kind of figuring some things out uh and so in the morning half we we didn't we didn't we didn't see any deer or i mean any, any uh you know sandbar or anything so we headed back to camp had lunch and then afterwards we did like this safari style right where we it was like okay you're gonna be getting in the truck and we're going to take, so I was actually uh, in the truck with uh, Ezekiel, right? Um, and when he was doing this, uh, I guess, also safari style. Alfonso. Alfonso, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and so we, <laughs> and we, we jump in the truck and we're, we're riding. I'm like, okay, this is like heart racing. It's like, okay, so am I supposed to get, come out when we get, and we get to a spot and I'm supposed to take my gun and my, my mentor's like, okay, I, I got the sticks. All you got to do is worry about loading around. I'm like, okay, okay. So, uh, we, we pull up on these sandbar that uh, Alfonso basically was talking about, and it was three of them, and it's like, I'm on one side of the car, he's on the other, and my heart's like racing, and it's like, okay, my stick's slow, high, what, what am I supposed to do, <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> but I'm jumping in our chamber, and it's like, okay, they run off. Because I don't even realize they run off, I'm still like, <laughs> like where, where are they at? Trying to point downwind, it's like, okay, get back in the truck, they're going already. <laughs> so we jump back on the truck, and we just drive like a, a, a short distance, and they were on his side, he, uh, Alfonso, <laughs> Ezekiel, yeah, he was on his side of the truck, he was taking a shot, he geared up, and it was like, pow, it's like, okay, heart racing, all right, deer's down, it, so basically that was the first half of the day, uh, and then the second half of the day, we went back out, and got, got back in blind number three, and it's we're there for a while and the sun was going down and just pretty much right before the cusp of the sun like probably 10 minutes before last shoots possible i hear this noise like and i'm like what is this it was like a very strange noise i'm like what is that because it kind of scared me a little and my mentor my mentor is like oh that's an axis because and i was wanting to take an axis he was like that's an axis and i was like okay Oh, I'm sorry. I just skipped right past my, my door. <laughs> He's excited. <laughs> I skipped right past. So on the safari, once we uh, return uh, Ezekiel's uh, Alfonso. Alfonso. <laughs> I am. I am, man. I, I, Zeke, Ezekiel's in my head. But uh, we after we returned his, we went back out with me, and I actually uh, took a, a, a – so we basically uh, – Saw a doe. It was like, so I, I get off the truck. I'm trying to take it, and it, it moves. And I see the backside. It's like, okay, not a good shot. It goes behind brush. Uh, and then, you know, eventually it was like, okay, only thing that was 
available was the head. I was like, okay, oh, is I do I shoot it in the head? He was like, yeah, you can shoot it in the head. I was like, okay, <laughs> I shot it in the head, right? <laughs> so <laughs> it was a clean shot, of course, it instant kill. instant kill, right? Um, so that was good. But then the second half of the day, I was able to go back out because I I wanted to take an axis, right? Because that was something I'd actually I'd never even seen a a, a sandbar. Same. I saw, you know. Um, it, yeah, sandbar, not sandbar. Sa- yeah, Ezekiel never- sandbar. <laughs> but uh, I'd never even seen one, so I wanted. To, but I wanted to take an axe because I'd not seen one of those either. So I basically went out and was preparing for the axes. And like I said, when I when I was in the blind, right before sundown, we heard a noise and it scared me. And my mentor was like, "That's an axis." I was like, "Oh," and I saw like. I was in a bad position. For, so unfortunately I didn't take the access, but it was amazing to even just see it and hear it. And it was like, wow, that's what What's they said. What's that moment like when, you're, when, when it's there, but you know it's a shot you shouldn't take? Yeah. I mean, what went through your head there? Uh, my, well, I was like, well, I, I can't take it. My mentor actually, he was sort of positioned. Like he was like, well, I, I could take it. And you have, that way you could taste what an, you know, t- you can actually get an experience of what the axis tastes like. But that didn't materialize. But it was like, okay, I definitely wouldn't want to take a shot I can't take, right? I mean, that's, yeah. Now, was this your first big game experience? So I'd hunt uh, whitetail before. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So that takes us to David. <laughs> and um, tell us what you did this afternoon. Well, I'll start with what I did this morning. Okay. Uh, this morning, you know, as they all have said, we got up at 5.30 and went out. And um, before, uh, I mean, while it was still dark out, my mentor, uh, Curtis, is talking to me. And I point out there, I said, I see something dark. I think, I think it's a hog. And, um, but it's before shooting light. And so it comes out by our feeder. It goes back into the woods. Um, then it comes out again a little later. It's still a little dark. And it goes back, and I'm gonna take the shot, it goes back in the woods, and I told him, if that thing comes out again, I'm gonna put it down. <laughs> and it came out a third time, and I, as he said, we talked about uh, how I, years, uh, Alfonso had told me about how he had hunted uh, hog and shot them in the lung, heart, and they will still run a long ways. And we are surrounded here by a lot of marsh, and that's going through my head, and I said, I don't wanna chase this thing and have to drag it out of marsh. So I um, asked my mentor, can I shoot it somewhere where it'll just fall right there? And he said, shoot it right behind the ear. And so I aimed right there, shot it there, and it fell right where it was. And so that's what the story of the the hog was in the morning. So that was the first thing harvested today, and we brought it in. So when we came in, uh, I don't think anyone else got anything in the morning, but I I harvested the hog. And um, and so I knew that that was kind of, going to kind of put me at the end of the line for getting another opportunity to go out because uh you know i've, I've had an opportunity so we uh field dressed it which was the first for me all this i was very excited about learning this new uh, i never hunted uh hog before i've uh, on ola's property shot a, a white-tailed deer uh doe and um uh so it was very exciting to, to get in there and do that and so as time went on from that morning Throughout the afternoon, everyone was going out, Alfonso, Ola, everybody was going out and folks were coming back with sandbars and uh, um, and whitetail and I was not getting another ticket to go. 
And then finally, uh, towards very late, I, they said, okay, we're gonna do the afternoon. And I got the opportunity to go. We um, went to our blind and the folks who had been there in the morning did not leave the chairs. So we didn't have any chairs to sit in. And Curtis ran out to the, back to the road where we had gotten dropped off by the four-wheeler to, to uh, let them know that we needed chairs. And um, another group was coming and he jumped out in front of them to scare them like he was a deer and they laughed. And, and the, the driver in the car, um, John said, hey, there's a, a sandbar over on the other side. And he said, I'll, he was still driving on. He said, I'll let you guys know if it's still there and he'll give us a hand signal. And he went down there and gave the hand signal and Curtis came back and, and, and we walked uh, over and uh, started, got positioned uh, where you know, Roe was on the, uh, about 300 yards away from it. And um, uh, Curtis and I were able to walk to where we were about 200, and we mounted 281 yards from the sandbar. And we got behind this little bush that was available to where, because we couldn't, didn't want to scare it off. And yet another one came on the other side of the water, a little smaller one. And fortunately, the one we were looking at started watching that one, so it wasn't paying attention to us. So that kind of kept it uh, frozen. So we got behind the bush. Uh, he, sighted, he said, it's 281 yards. He said, can you take the shot? And I looked at it through the, I said, let me see it through the scope. And I looked at it through the scope and I said, oh yeah, I can do this. And uh, he, again, he told me right where to hit it, right on the shoulder, the front of the shoulder, like I'd done, the, uh, differently, but because these are much larger, you know, they get up to anywhere up to 600 pounds. And, um, but I, I aimed right where he told me, right on the shoulder, and I shot, and it just fell over. And I was, that was, <laughs> it just fell right there where it stayed. And it was, um, the, but the most, the thing that got me the most excited when I first looked down at it from 300 yards, I looked up and I see this really long antler. So this thing has huge antlers. So we said, this is a beast. And, um, when we finally got it, um, well, not to jump to that, but it took uh, five of us to get it into uh, the four-wheeler to try to, where we had to trudge through the marsh for about, uh, for those almost 300 yards to get to it, uh, loaded in the four-wheeler, and uh, it took five of us to, it took six of us, but we only had five. Bro, were you one of those five? And so once we got it loaded, uh, we brought it back and we put it on the scale and it weighed in at uh, 430 pounds. The scale that you happen to have. The scale that I happen to have. So you strung it up mm -hmm. and then you decided that you wanted to weigh it. Yeah, so yeah. we took it down. We put yeah, the scale on. Yeah. It was, Four hundred and thirty pounds. And not that there's any competition. Not that here, there's any but competition. The <laughs> yeah, if there was a competition, the I would have lost. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just put that out there. So, but that, congratulations. That was, Thank you, Alfonso. Yeah, really I mean that was his um, the first time he's ever taken a shot that long. So it's not just the fact that he took the sandbar; it was the distance that he and the fact that his mentor had the confidence in him to go ahead and say, "Hey, look, man, you can take that shot." And then for David to take the shot so I mean I'm I'm proud that he took the shot and you know we'll rib each other and I'll you know give him like you know a crap about it but I'm, I'm happy for him you know and How I said that feel to take I mean I mean as as Alfonso will tell you I've, I've had some uh, challenges with uh, zeroing in at 100 yards with <laughs> with my equipment so I was <laughs> happy to be using my mentors equipment uh, for that shot and since we had gone to the range earlier and 
and uh, but sh we're shooting at about 140 yards. Um, I was confident in the equipment and uh, with the stick, I, I, I was confident in myself that I could hold it steady. So if I say that I, if the gun can do it, it'll get done. And the, the gun and the scope held and I was able to hold the um, crosshairs right on the uh, sandbar and it, it went down. And now you have a, a, a cooler full, a, a, a big cooler. A big cooler, 150 full, quart cooler full of, full of, of a lot of meat. So what does that mean to bring, to be bringing that home? Oh wow, that's uh, that means need more. That need more freezer space. One, because I don't have that kind of <laughs> freezer space. Uh, I was almost out of freezer space with the um, uh, whitetail that I did earlier. But uh, so this is, but this is really incredible for a um, number of reasons. Just getting the opportunity to come out here with. Uh, uh, the organization and but uh, taking these experiences back when when Matt first told us me about this he said this will be a hunt of a lifetime because you know I hadn't heard didn't know much about the program at first when he was telling me about it, it was this uh, stewards of the wild and um, and then he mentioned something about Powderhorn and then what sunk what made it click for me was I'm a I always every year I get the super combo license hunting and fishing license and I got the annual mailer of the draw hunts where you can pay the fee, $8, I believe, to, to get listed for the powder horn hunts. So that's when I was like, powder horn, that sounds familiar. So I went back to the Matt's email and I said, oh, we're going to be hunting there where they have all these exotics. Then I realized that, yes, this will be a hunt of a lifetime. And uh, so I was very excited so about coming in. Yeah, oh yeah, that was before even getting here, I was excited. But uh, it was just an amazing experience to um, to be able to do that. And, you know, working with Curtis, to uh, my mentor, to, to, to take that shot. And it was just incredible. And I'm, so I'm, 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 I'm on cloud nine, uh, uh, going into the last day where I won't even be hunting because I'm, I'm out no of space. Yeah, I got no room in my cooler. So, yeah. so Ro, just watching this, I mean, you've known David for a long time, just kind of watching this. Tell me about your observations. Well, like I said, I, I felt like I was literally on the wildlife channel. <laughs> um, Curtis was just kind of like, okay, just give an instruction. You stay right here. And just to watch everything unfold and to see that one, sh to hear that one shot go off and watch um, the sandbar immediately fall. I mean, you knew it wasn't getting back up. So it was an amazing shot. That, that David took and um, Curtis and him were just so proud. Well, and have you been out in a field situation like this? With I have, family? this is my first experience. So how, what was the emotion you were feeling? When you, I mean, it, it, there is an emotional response. It right? is, it it's is. I creature, felt like I was, yeah. well, I, I knew what we were out there for. So it is a beautiful creature, but I was like, that is massive. Are these men really gonna be able to take it down? And they did, one shot, and they did. So it was more so an adrenaline rush of just, wow, you guys did it, and you did it together. And um, just seeing how many people came to help bring this massive creature out of a marshy area, um, just watching the whole experience unfold, it was, it was something that's unexplainable. So. There was a adrenaline rush in me, this excitement to be able to witness the entire thing. I want to switch gears a little bit now and, and talk a little bit about Outdoor Outro. Outro. And who should, Ola, do you want to talk about that, about what that organization is and why 
the organization was formed. Okay. So Outdoor Afro is a, uh, a, a national nonprofit that was uh, formed 10 years ago by a, a lady by the name of Rue Mapp. Um, and the mission of Outdoor Afro is to uh, s celebrate and inspire leadership and the connection, uh, black leadership and connections in nature. So, uh, and I like to say that um, ultimately we're trying to get more African-Americans, more black people out outside, right? Um, so typically you'd find in many spaces that um, that outdoor spaces are, there's a lot of un underrepresented, like black people underrepresented, right? So, and uh, oftentimes, I guess even for me growing up, I did spend time outside, but I definitely was the minority when I was there, right? I definitely didn't see others that looked like me when I was there. So I've been a leader for Austin, an outdoor Afro leader in Austin for five years. And it's been amazing. I've over the past five years. So I guess as a leader for outdoor Afro, I'm, I'm required to do at least one outdoor event a month. Uh, and I've had the opportunity to lead a lot of camping trips. Uh, I've led backpacking trips. I've, um, I've done uh, camping and fishing and hiking and hunting, like the, the, the dove hunt I told you about. And, and I would say that that was actually, I think that was probably the first outdoor Afro national, like nationally outdoor Afro hunting event, right? So, and it was, it was a great event. And I've, I've had the opportunity to partner with Texas Parks and Wildlife for that event and a, and a couple other things, like um, for, uh, for just uh, archery at the parks, like so other things. And so, but ultimately we were trying to basically get more black people outdoors, right? And it's cool because I think a lot of people who I have had connections with, they say things like, I've never done this or I've never would have done this. And it's a, it's a, it's a comfort level, right? Um, typically a lot of African-Americans don't do these things because they don't have a comfort level. Like I either don't know how, or uh, I don't necessarily feel safe being out in nature, right? Cause for some being out there and not being represented, they, they do feel a little bit unsafe. So when it's like several of us, there's a, a level of safety that's felt when we're a group together doing this thing together. And it also allows them to see that, yeah, we, we are out there and we can do this, right? And, and it's also about um, having great partners that partner with us and make sure we're doing, doing it correctly. We're doing it with wisdom and knowledge and knowing how we, we bring professionals like the, the mentor from Texas Parks and Wildlife that knows hunting and knows guns and so that we can get the proper education and be out there, not being out there getting hurt, but being out there doing the things the right way, right? Um, and so that's been great as well. And Alfonso, you talked about feeling safe. I mean, you mentioned that. I was struck by that, that you, that you felt like this was a very safe environment. Well, and it's not only on um, the firearm safety. Uh, you know, a lot of times, uh, as an African American, you get uh, you get someplace and you're the only person that looks like you there. You know what I mean? When I was in school, there were certain classes that I was only black person inside class. So you know, I was always apprehensive about speaking up. 
Um, you know, I just felt like, you know, eyes were on me. I didn't want to be judged. So when you go into a situation where you're going to go someplace that's like almost three hours from home and thankfully you have, you know, friends that, that are um, going to be there with you. But I don't know if I could have done this uh, had David not been here. I just met Rowan. I just met Ola. But I don't know if I would have came here uh, had it just been me. I mean, I'm an naturally outgoing person but there's just some situations where you know I don't want to put myself out there and you know when you have that much level of experience with other hunters you know I don't want to get into a point where I feel like I have to prove myself or you know put myself out there I don't feel like I'm being accepted um, so it was nice um, that I was able to come here with uh, some other minorities, um, but at no point did I ever feel like a minority while I was here. So everyone was really welcoming. Um, you know, we sat by the fire. I shouldn't have uh, up till it was like probably like two o'clock in the morning with some of the guys. And the people I came here with, they were all in bed. So, you know, <laughs> which... Tells you something right there. Yes. Right? So it, it, it was a really nice experience. It was very welcoming. Um, I would certainly do this again, and I, I would encourage anyone who has an interest uh, in hunting, even if you don't, this is something I think, um, the just the outdoor aspect of it, you don't have to come here, you don't have to take any game, mm -hmm. just getting out and being in nature. It's nice to look up and not see any light pollution, you know, from the city, you know, not to smell any gasoline or any concrete is just nice. And I grew up in the city, so to say that, you know, it's it's... It's a nice change of pace. Well, you know, we, we, at the end of the evening tonight, we, we all kind of went around and talked about what we were thankful for. And I almost didn't want to say it, but I felt like I needed to because, you know, the whole topic of diversity in the outdoors is something that all of us in the conservation field have been talking about. Well, for me, at this point, the three decades that I've been involved in conservation, we've been talking about it and talking about it and talking about it. So it was really, um, I don't even know what the word, it was just, great to see the room full of people today, you know, have folks interacting. And I almost didn't want to mention it because you almost don't want to mention it. Yes. You don't want to mention it, but but it's like the elephant in the room, right? You, you know what I mean? It's yep. like the elephant in the room. And so it was just, um, just on a very personal level to, to see, you know, everybody out there. And it didn't matter, brown, black, you know, <laughs> women, men. We, we were just out there enjoying the outdoors and enjoying this incredible place. And... Um, I know I speak for a lot of folks to just say, we're glad you're out here. We're glad you're out here. So let's close this by just talking about what's on the agenda for you guys in terms of your next outdoor adventure. David. Next outdoor adventure. Um, barbecuing some sandbar. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of barbecuing of sandbar. Um, this, because uh, before this, uh, Ola and I had a lot of plans for hunting this year. Um, and after this, I think we're going to be pretty full. I'm going to be pretty full. <laughs> and uh, I think with the hunting I've done here, I think I'll be returning back to my other passion, which is fishing. And uh, so, uh, which I've been trying to get Ola to uh, come and uh, do with me. Uh, Alfonso has been out with me and Rose trying to get out with me. And <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, fishing is a, 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 a something I grew up doing and is a major passion of mine. So I'm going to be returning to that uh, as the weather permits. And so Ro, is this kind of, what, how is this gonna affect you in terms of your next experience with nature or the outdoors? Well, um, like I was stating, I, I am the underdog here. I've never been out in nature, so this is. You were all in. <laughs> I was all in, full throttle. 
pedal to the metal. So um, to be on an experience that is considered, you know, a once in a lifetime for a lot of people, um, it was great to have that as a first time experience. Um, so I do want to explore and just learn more and do more out in nature. And so this has really pushed me to think of things in a different way and actually start looking at that as a passion. Awesome. Ola? So I actually need to schedule and plan my outdoor Afro event for December. So, <laughs> so that's something that I need to do. But I actually have, um, with the family, I have some camping, some, some camping schedule. So I'll be camping in the new year. So bringing in the new year at a, um, at a, at a, at a Texas state park and a national forest. So I'll be doing that over like the week before New Year's and into the New Year's Day and New Year's, I mean, New Year's Day, yeah, New Year's Eve to New Year's Day, yeah. So actually, um, the uh, Stewards of the Wild program uh, offers a, uh, a mentored hunt for veterans. And it just so happens that my brother, who also happens to be black, um, is going to be out here. <laughs> his name is Ezekiel. His, his name is Mark. Okay. He's going to be out here in January. So uh, I'm going to uh, accompany him as his guest for his uh, mentored hunt in January. So I'm really looking forward to it. Um, absolutely no pressure because I'm not going to be hunting. But anything I can do to kind of like assist while I'm out here, I'll be more than happy to do and kind of show him the ropes. You know, but I'm looking forward to it in January. I know he's going to have a have a good time. I've been sending him pictures of David's, uh, you know, harvest, Ola's harvest, my harvest, and he's excited. Awesome. So. Well, thank you all for being out here. Thank my you pleasure. So much. Thank you. Thank you. Brought to you by Texas Parks and Wildlife Foundation, We Will Not Be Tamed calls us all to appreciate the wildness of Texas, the vastness of our Texas spirit and why we should be inspired to conserve it. Find out more at wewillnotbetamed.org.